1: back to the basics and so Matthew 6 Matthew 6 I want to read it because in the midst of a world that is doing everything that it can to get connected God says I want to show you how to stay connected I want to teach you how to walk out this kingdom connection this place where we have this fellowship with him where he speaks to us he guides us and he leads us you can't do it outside of this Matthew 6 verse 5 we're going to read from verse 5 all the way down to verse 15 let's read it together and when you pray You shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, if you, oh, when you pray, go into your room and if you shut, oh, when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. Oh, my God. I'm going to try. Come on. Who is in the secret place. Come on. Come on, y'all. Say, say, hold it, pastor. (laughs) Somebody come fan me for a minute. And your father (laughs) who sees in secret will reward you openly and when you pray do not use vain repetitions, as the heathen do for they think that they will be heard for their many words come on now therefore do not be like them for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him in this manner therefore pray our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Verse 14. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Oh, my God. So this morning, I want to give you a piece of what God says it takes to stay connected in the kingdom. Let me tell you, first of all, it's going to take a heart of prayer. Somebody say a heart of prayer. That's what we're going to talk today. We're going to talk today about a heart of prayer. We noticed throughout here that Jesus is sitting down. He's talking. He's teaching. We already affirmed that he went about uh, teaching and preaching and healing. So we already affirmed that that's what he was doing. But we realized that everything that he's talking and teaching about is so critical and so important that we cannot look over it. In fact, if you took your Bible and all you did for the rest of this year was nothing but just read the red. If you just went through and read the red, you just read what is in red and you picked up nothing else but the red, it can help you to live life. If you only, if that's all you had to live by, it would be all that you need to live by because it's Jesus talking. And he said, before I leave, I got to take you to school and I got to teach you the only way that you can survive this life is you got to stay connected through prayer. Now, what's amazing about it is if you ever notice everything that Jesus is talking to us about are things that we have a hard time doing. Come on, come on. If I would ask you, how many of you say, I'm going to get up this morning, oh, I'm going to have prayer. And you get in there and you sit down, try to have prayer, and before you know it, <laughs> you sleeping. Ain't nobody talking about the hogs that you've been calling. Because our bodies have to be disciplined to do this very thing. Why? Because what we live in every day speaks contrary to that. The world says every day that you stay connected by staying on your phone. The world says you stay connected by posting, by tweeting, by giving a like, by giving them hearts, by going to Instagram. That's how the world says you stay connected. And if truth be told, some of us pick up Facebook before we pick up the book. Come on, I'm going to come down your road. So, let, me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me tell you, last night the Lord just wanted me just to just just be with him, just be with him, just be with him. And I just kept... Picking up my phone and just kept like scrolling for a minute. Just kinda scroll and I and I said, Oh yes, God. And I put my phone back down again. And then I start, you know, getting with him, just listening, just that's all. He didn't want to do nothing special, just wanted to be with me, joy, just wanted to be with me. And before I know it, I'm there again. And all of a sudden, Martita, I pick up my phone again, scroll, scroll, scroll. Saw your brother enjoying the football game. Oh, my goodness, he's having a great time. Isn't that good that he and his sister get to hang out together? Oh, how wonderful. And the Lord says, that's good, but I'm just trying to spend some time with you Ah, yes god yes god sit it down again i sit it down again i sit it down again next thing i know it's about 12 45 and i'm like well god it look like we ought to be done let me just see what the people are doing on the book and i'm just scroll 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 and the lord says i just want to spend some time with you and the reality is what i want to deposit in you for tomorrow is beyond what you prepared It's beyond what you can find on facebook but i want to deposit something in you that's so rich that you can't get it unless you come to the secret place <sighs> so he's trying to teach the disciples how important it is to stay connected because if you want to live the kingdom life, you got to have a kingdom connection. Oh, come on, come on. If y'all help me, I said, I'm going to condense it, but y'all help me out. Come on, help me out. So we got to have a heart of prayer. Well, let's, let's look at what a heart of prayer looks like. A heart of prayer is a sincere heart. Come on, say it with me. A heart of prayer is a sincere heart. It's a sincere heart. It's a sincere heart. It's a heart that's true. It's a heart that's sincere. The first thing that Jesus does when he starts talking to them about how important it is to stay connected, he says, I know you see a lot around you. You see a lot of people doing a whole lot of things, but I want you to know don't do that. He says, when you pray, don't you be like the hypocrites. He borrowed that word from a Greek term, which means Hippocrates, which means pretenders. Yeah. He says, I don't want you to be the great pretender. I don't want you to be, see, they were theater, they were actors, they did drama, and so they called people who did actor and, and who acted and did drama. They called them hypocrites. So he says, I don't want you to be like the hypocrites. I don't want you to have drama in your prayer. I'm not interested in you acting a certain way when you're around people. But when you get in your behind the doors, you act in another way. He said, if you do that, you are just an actor. The truth be told, some saints need an Emmy. We need to start having Christian Emmy and start passing out some awards because we got a whole lot of actors. He says, I don't want you to be like them. I don't want you to get to the place where you are acting, where you're pretending. He said, it's important to me that what you do on the outside is the way that you live on the inside. He says, don't, 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 don't be like a hypocrite. Don't be a hypocrite. I want you to have a sincere heart. He says, so the first thing, a sincere heart, a sincere heart does not pretend. A sincere heart avoids pretending, avoids trying to act like it's something that it's not. You know, the problem sometimes with actors is they have a problem distinguishing between what is acting and what is reality. I don't know if you've noticed before, but everybody who plays the part of Joker, on Batman something bad happens they die have you noticed that I'm thinking when we go up for the part I will be saying I don't want that part Because if people do this part right here, they come out and kill themselves. Something's not right with this part. It's because the part is such a deep, dark place that you have to take yourself emotionally and mentally to a place that you were not intended to be. And if you remember actors, they spend long hours practicing. And if you spend that much time practicing to be something that you are not, eventually that's who you'll become. So he said, a sincere heart is a heart that is void of pretense. But listen to this. A sincere heart is a heart that is void of distractions. Because he says, when you pray, I want you to go in and shut the door. First of all, he says, I want you to go into your inner closet. And I want you, when you get in there, to shut the door. In other words, Jesus is saying if we are going to be prayers and prayer warriors, we have to shut out every distraction, everything that would try to come in the way and grab our attention. Listen to this. It doesn't matter to Jesus if you're talking about kids, your husband, your job. It doesn't matter. He said whatever it is that is trying to take away your focus from me, I need you to shut it out. Come on, somebody say shut it out. it out. You think about what are some of the things that call and cry for your attention. I don't know, when I used to have my children were younger, and every time I get on the telephone to talk, it would just look like they had so much to tell me. They would come to the phone, you're trying to talk on the phone, and they'd be mommy, mommy, yeah, mommy. I'd be looking like I've been sitting here with you all day. Did you not want to tell me what you were going to tell me before? He's saying the same thing. I've been waiting on you. And the truth is, when you go in to speak to him, everything else is going to vie for your attention. Everything else wants to know you're going to be in there and you'll start thinking in your mind. Did I turn the stove off? Did I turn the stove off or did I leave it on? Did I I probably need to go down there and check on the stove? Oh, my goodness. You know, I know what I need to schedule for the oil and I need to get the tune up because at that time your mind starts getting still. And when your mind gets still, it starts remembering all the things that you need to do. Oh, my goodness. You know, I need to go and check on so and so and I need to do this. And oh, what are we going to have for dinner today? He says, no, I need you to shut it out. Somebody say, shut it out. The truth is we've got so many distractors that we're going to have to identify what they are and where they are because he says, I need your full attention. I need your total attention. A sincere heart is void of distractions, but a sincere heart is also void of pointlessness pointlessness he says when you pray look at look at verse seven look at verse seven he says it's avoid a pointlessness look at verse seven he says when you pray don't use vain repetition as the heathens do you know there used to be a time when i would always say father the god of abraham isaac and jacob i come to you god with my head bowed down and my knees bended. And I began to just wonder why in the world did I say, I said that because that was what I heard. So all I was doing was coming to God and repeating. Now, it's no judgment on them because the reality is people started saying that, hear me, started because they were acknowledging that throughout one generation to the next generation, God had been faithful. So they were saying, I'm calling on the God of Abraham, who was faithful. I'm calling on the God of Isaac, who did what he said he was going to do. I'm calling on the God of Jacob, because he was there. I'm calling on a God who's faithful. But what happens is you and I sometimes get to a place where all we start doing is saying what we're saying. This morning when I was praying, when I was headed on my way to church, and I said this, and the Lord said Vain repetition. I said, Father, I just thank you for today. Now, God, do what only you can do. I say that all the time. He called it to my attention. He said, that's vain repetition. I was like, well, God, I just, only you can do. He said, that's vain repetition. You say that all the time. Don't say, God, do what only you can do. Ask me, what do you want me to do? Don't just say, do what only I can do, everything. I can only do everything. Ask me, what is it that you want me to do? And stop saying, God, only you can do what you can do. He said, that's vain repetition. Oh, God, if it be your will. If it be your will to heal, the Bible says. That he desires that you would be in good health, that you would prosper as your soul prospers. So why are you asking him if it's in his will to heal you? It's in his will. Vain repetitions can become disclaimers, little things that we put on the end of our prayer, little fine print where we we don't really believe God. We don't really want to trust him. So we put a little disclaimer. We're going to fine print if it be your will. But God says, if it's my word, it's my, it's my will, it's my will, it's my will, it's my will. So he says, I want you to have a sincere heart. I want you to understand it's important that you pray. It's not just a matter of if, but it's when. And I want you to have a sincere heart. But here's what else he says that a heart of prayer looks like. Not only should you have a sincere heart, he says, but I need you to have, listen to this, a specific heart. A specific heart. So he starts teaching them. He says, when you pray, this is what I want you to say. Now, he said, pray in this way, not pray this way all the time. (laughs) He said, pray in this way, not pray. What does it say? It said, in this Manner. That means like this, like this. this, 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 this is, this is how, this is an example is what he's saying. This is a model for how you should pray. Cause some folks are saying, well, if you don't pray the Lord's prayer, you ain't pray. No, he's saying the way that I want you to pray is this. I want you, when you pray, the first thing I want you to do is I want you to recognize who God is. I want you to be specific in knowing who he is. He says, I want you to pray. He says, Our Father, hallowed be thy name. I want you to recognize and acknowledge how holy he is. I had gotten, it's funny because it's not my Bible that I carry all the time. This is my old Bible when I first got licensed and ordained. This is my old Bible. They put your name on it, Reverend Fern sap. This is my old Bible. This is my old Bible. But I remember taking this Bible. It's funny I would have it today. I remember taking this Bible back in the day. <laughs> Thank you, God. You knew I was going to need this Bible today. And I took this Bible, and I would go through, and I would put M's. When I realized that God was majestic or I would put so I would go through the Psalms and I would write different things down about him and who he was. And then when I got ready to pray, I would open up my Bible and rather than just saying anything, I would look on Psalm 8. Psalm 8, I got an M by it. Psalm 8 says he's majestic. So when I got ready to pray, I wasn't just, I would say, oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth? And I would start praying to him and thinking, him, God, you have displayed your glory all throughout the earth. How holy are you? How wonderful. I flip over the revelation and I start saying what the angels say when they say, holy, 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 are your Lord God almighty. I start going through and proclaiming very specifically that he is Holy. So he says, so when you pray, rather than just run to me and say anything, I need you to be specific and acknowledge that I am a holy God. And besides me, there is no other. But then he says, then I want you to go on. You pray and you acknowledge how hallowed is my name. Verse 10. Now I want you to pray that my kingdom would come, that my will would be done on earth as is being done in heaven. So he says, in heaven, there is peace. So right now, if you look in the world, we are in a place of unrest, a place of war, a place of civil, civil wars and issues going on. So he says, now you can pray after you come to me and acknowledge how holy I am, that you desire for what's happening right now in heaven to go on right now on earth. So when you pray be very specific God you said that in your presence there is fullness of joy and at your right hand God there are pleasures evermore. You said God you are the God of peace so right now in the name of Jesus I ask that you eradicate hate. I ask God that you begin to speak on the hearts of men. I ask God that you begin to remove the spirit of fear that has engulfed our nation, O oh God. I ask in the name of Jesus, God, that you would call upon those that are leading and in government, God, and begin to speak to their hearts and cause them to know that you are the one and true and living God. God, I ask in the name of Jesus that every child that's been taught how to hate, every child that's been taught how to come against a people because of the color of I ask in the name of Jesus, you give them new eyes, God. Cause them to be able to see, oh God, to see hearts, oh God, to see love, oh God. I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that you would render salvation, oh God. Salvation to a people, oh God, that have become weary and worn, God. In the name of Jesus, God, let your will be done on earth as it's being done in heaven. Hey! so instead of just talking about the problem how about you talk to the problem solver talk to the one who can make a change because if truth be told what we see happening now is no different than what has always been happening the children of Israel to light right. so in your day in my day in our time we can see it but if we were to ask my husband and we were to ask some of you that were around in the 60s you say it's no different right. Right. That's right. Right. so if things have not changed then our responsibility is to have a specific heart where we will begin to pray that God would change the hearts of men and women He says, be specific. Verse 11, verse 11, verse 11. He said, give us this day our daily bread. So he said, instead of asking somebody else to provide for you, why don't you be specific and ask me to provide for you? Whatever it is that you need on today, you ought to ask God to give it to you. He said, whatever it is you need him to do in your life, you ought to ask him to provide that. Be specific about what you want. Be specific about what you need. Be specific about what your request is. If you need God to bring food into your home, pray, God, would you provide our need on today to eat? God, would you provide our need on today that our burden of debt would be lifted? Whatever it is you need him to do. is I recommend if you're in debt and it is weighing you down, I recommend you write it out. Come on, come on now. I recommend you write down everybody you owe. Everything you owe. When I begin to write out, I wish I had that right now too. I begin to write out all of my debt. And I wrote it on a board so I could see it every day, so I could look at it. Somebody said, "Look at it." Amen. And what I began to do is I began to pray specifically that God would help me and show me how to pay Sears. Y'all want to get holy. <laughs> they want, they want to be they want to get up here deep. but they old home Depot for that refrigerator but they want to get up here. They all, they, they're wearing a suit right now, and Macy's got to be paid. But they want to they put on the scuba gear. But all we needed to in shallow, this shallow water right here. Take your scuba, tell your neighbor, take the scuba gear off. You ain't got to go that deep. We're going to stay right up here. Simple stuff, God says, I want you to come to me and ask me. Be specific in it. I begin to pray. I begin to write it down. And not only, listen to this. This is why sometimes we don't get the relief. Oh, my God. I'm going to post it on our page. I'm going to post the exact prayer I was praying so you'll have it. I'm going to put it up there so you'll have it. But I will write it all out. And then I put that board up there. And, and that is ugly. That is ugly. That's why people don't want to write it down. It, it, uh, it's ugly. You ever notice when you're you in your own private place? And you get ready to write it, and then you say, I ain't going to write that one down. <laughs> you got it. So whether you write it down or not, you still owe student loans. 50000 $60,000, you still owe them. So whether you write them down or not, you still owe them. So what I did was wrote them all down. And then, now this is just what I did. I'm not trying to make you get religious and sanctimonious. I'm just telling you what I did. I wrote it down, and every day, I write down a scripture pertaining to it. And then I would take that word and I said, Father, I thank you that you said, here's the board, that I am a lender and not a borrower. I praise you, God, that you said that I would cause money to come to people and not me to be the person that needed it. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask, God, that you give me strategy and insight that I might be able to pay off Sears, that I might be able to pay off Home Depot. God, help me to get rid of Macy's in the name of Jesus. Father, I, re- I, was, begin- I was praying specifically, specifically, specific- somebody say Specifically. And as I began to pray, I started that in actually in that November because I had gotten some hardwood floors that I wanted to pay off. And um, I'm just telling you this is being real. And from November to December, God provided. Now, I want to tell you something about those hardwood floors. I think I told somebody this. The bill came one day. And it was simple as this. I said, I am not taking you into the next year with me. Bam. And I just sat, that this slammed the bill down. That's all. I Just said it. But then I realized that I had spoken something in the atmosphere. So I was like, well, God, whew, I felt something with that thing. And He began to show. Now, let me tell you something from that November until that October, August, 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 August of that year, I had paid off over $22,000 in debt. God started giving me such insight he started giving me such wisdom he started causing me to see now let me tell you something if you're gonna pray and be specific then when he starts answering you don't you be in macy's arguing with him because if you're gonna ask god to give you strategy and you're gonna go in the store and be like yeah i'm just gonna get this one shirt you know i'm just gonna get this one 50 percent off i'm just gonna get no He'll start giving you insight. So he says, whatever your need is, pray and ask him for that. See, the re? oh my God, goes back to the Psalm 46, cease from striving. The thing that happens is we start going out trying to get another job, trying to get another this, trying to do- and we run it through all oh, like little hamsters on a wheel. And he says, all you got to do is be specific. Come to me and ask me what you need. And I will supply all of your needs according to my riches in glory. Oh my God, y'all seeing this? Come on, look at the next verse. Look at the next verse. And then he says you're going to have to pray and ask me to forgive you. You're going to have to be specific and ask me to forgive you. So in this example, we just use being specific and saying, "Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would forgive me for placing my trust in material possessions and not in you. I ask God that you would forgive me for making decisions, God, without consulting with you. I ask you, God, that you would forgive me for not trusting you to be my provider, but for me allowing MasterCard, Visa, and American Express to do your job. So it's being specific. Somebody say specific. Y'all don't want none of this. Y'all don't want none of this. Y'all don't want none of this. Because it's the real deal. It's the real deal. So not only do you have to have a sincere heart, but you got to have a specific heart. Here's the last thing that you got to have. And sometimes we jump over this because verse 13 says amen. And since verse 13 says amen, we say that's all God wants us to do. So we move on. And that be our prayer. Amen. Amen. But if you look at verse 14 and verse 15, he says you're going to have to have a sparing heart. You're going to have to have a sparing heart. In other words, he says you're going to have to have a heart that will spare people the punishment that you were going to give them for what they did to you. Woo! You got to have a heart that is sparing them, that releases them, that forgives them, that allows them to walk away. Oh, he said, you got to have a sparing heart. Let me tell you something. I want you to open your Bibles on this one, because what's so amazing to me is that with this verse here, every time that I find that Jesus talks to them about praying, there is a connection between prayer and forgiveness oh my god 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 oh my god, oh god. you okay look at look at six verse five look at six verse five <clears throat> six verse five he says what and when you pray and, and look at verse 14 i'm sorry um look at verse 14 he says what for if you forgive men their trespasses look at chapter seven verse seven same b- book matthew 7 verse 7. Look at Matthew 7 verse 7. He says what? Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will what? Find it. Knock and it will be open. Look at verse 12. Look at verse 12. He's talking about praying but look at verse 12. All of a sudden Jesus turns around. He says therefore whatever you want men to do to you do also to them for this is the law of the prophet. Verse 13. Enter by the narrow gate, which is wide and broad. Okay, so verse 12, he says, So you want people to forgive you. In order for them to forgive you, you got to be willing to what? You got to be willing to forgive them. Look, 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 look at, look at uh, 18. Look at Matthew 18. I want you to see it. Matthew 18, verse 15, he comes at it from the back way. 18 and 15. We look at verse 15. He says, Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go what? Tell him his fault between you and him. Oh, oh, what the Bible say. The Bible didn't say, tell somebody else in the name of prayer. It said, you go to that person and you and him alone. And then if he hears you, you have gained a brother. It goes on to tell you what to do if he doesn't hear you. Then, you. then you bring somebody else with you. But look at verse 19. Look at verse 19. Look at verse 19. Verse 19. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything, that, it will, that they what? Ask. So in other words, that they pray for, it will be what? It'll be done for them. So there is this connection between praying and forgiving. So what if I told you on today that whatever it is you're praying for requires that you forgive someone before God hears you? That's a hard one there, isn't it? Because the truth of the matter is we will choose to live with the situation a little longer just because we don't want to forgive the person. Oh, my God. Oh my, you know, when, you know when, when God came to Pharaoh and he was going to release the children of Israel and he talked to Pharaoh, Pharaoh said, give me one more night with the frogs. The frogs were upon him and he was not moved by the frog. The frogs were wearing him down, but he was willing to ask God to give him one more night because he didn't want to release the people. I ask you. How many of you are laying with the frogs? You asking God for one more night because you're not willing to release that person. You're not willing to spare them. You're not willing to let them go. I was telling uh, my sister here, I was telling her, I said, when Mike Parsons came up and we were going through deliverance on this past Wednesday, And his section, and I'm going to tell you right now, is a powerful move of God. You should not miss what God is doing because it's serious. It's really serious. But he was praying, and he got up. We walked through the phase of deliverance from step one to the end. And how many of y'all were here? How many of y'all, leave your hands up if you say you got deliverance. Now, y'all look around at the hands. People got deliverance. We got set free we got set free. We got set free. Me included. He was up praying. And when he started talking, the first thing he started talking about is the fact that we have to forgive. See, we didn't pray for you in this session right here. We, we allowed you to say, it, you to speak it, you to do it because you had to do it. We gave you the words, but you had to do it. He started talking and then he says, I'm going to now give you the words. And you had to openly speak the person's name out to forgive them. The moment when he started talking and I start opening my mouth, I realized that the offender, the person who had violated me, I realized that I had really not forgiven him. Because the moment he opened his mouth, the Lord showed me how on that same week he was on Facebook and he was with a relative. And I said in my heart, why are you with him? So I went to one to hit the Facebook button and do that mean face. Mm, mm, mm. I wanted smoke to come out. I mean, I wanted smoke. I wanted to hit every picture. Uh, uh, uh. I went through every picture that this relative had, and I liked every picture except for those with him in it. And I wanted to call this relative and say, how dare you even want to be around him? Oh, vile self. And the Lord, when he opened his mouth and began to say, because the point was you couldn't move from step three to nine without doing step three. So we had announced in the beginning, you can't get to the end until you do everything at this step. And as God began to bring him, I began to weep. And I said, God, I forgive X, Y, Z. And I began to release him, release him. And there was such freedom, freedom that I didn't even know. Freedom, I mean, I just started getting such a freedom in God because I was willing to spare him. God says, what is important to you? Whatever is important to you, you have to be willing to forgive. You got to be willing to spare the person. Jesus told them about the king who had come out and he had asked the slave. He says, you owe me 10,000 talents. He says, but I'm going to forgive you of those 10,000 talents. That's a lot. $22 million because he knew that you can't pay me 22 million on today. He says, and I released you of that. Now you go do the same. And one man comes to him and this man owes him one pence, one pence. And he tells him he grabs him by the throat and he talks to him and tells him how wicked he is and and the man doesn't have the money and today i'm casting you into prison he puts the man in prison god says that's what i'm saying to you i was willing to forgive 22 million dollars worth of debt for you instantly are you not willing to give somebody else a hundred dollars He said what we owe him is far more than what anyone. Yes, I'm not diminishing it. Did it hurt me to be violated? Yes. Were there years when I went through it? Yes. Did it impact my marriage? Yes. Did it impact me? I didn't let my children go anywhere and be around anyone. Why? Because I wanted to protect them. So does it hurt? Yes. But God says what you did to me hurts me too. But I'm willing to forgive you and let you go. So you gotta be willing to forgive and release someone else so I can hear you. God is calling us to have a sparing heart and to release some folks. Can I tell you something? Your healing is wrapped up in it. Your marriage being stable is wrapped up in it. Your provisions are being wrapped up in it. First Peter 4, 3, 4 13, he says, husbands, if you mistreat and mishandle your wives, I can't even hear. Your prayers are hindered. Your pray- you praying and they just ha, ha, ha. They're stopping right here. You're trying to get to heaven. Your prayers ain't going nowhere. He said, because you got to go get it right with her before I can hear you. So you got to ask yourself, what is that thing that I'm holding on? Be willing to spare the person and trust God to do it. Sometimes we think that our prayer is what it is that helps us to live right. But it's living right that helps us to pray. It's being in the right posture. That says we can now come boldly to the throne of grace with a confidence, not with an arrogance, with a confidence
0: that not only does he
1: hear us, but he answers.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information on other products and materials, please contact us at 770-484-9300, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Or visit our website at www.newcov.org. If you're in the Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for one of our dynamic services. Once again, thank you for receiving the living word of God from New Covenant Christian Ministries, where we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ.